Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, wherever you're watching this video cast, your podcast out here. This is England is Burning. This is your Manchester United weekly feature. It is the 22nd of March, 2021 in the ATL. And today I have with me this morning here in the ATL, I have Mark Henry from the Barmy Army to talk about Manchester United uh, and their past week and looking ahead. Mark, thank you again for joining the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me back, Keith. So we had been talking for weeks that this match with Arsenal that happened on Friday was the pivotal match of the season, that everything, quote, everything was riding on this match. It ended in a 2-0 for the Gunners. What's your, now that if you're, you're, you're two, two days past, What's your thought overall on that match? Um, my, I've not really changed my thought that 2-0 flattered Arsenal massively. Uh, United, in my opinion, and I'm sure when you have your Arsenal contribution, he might say differently, but for me, United in the first half were the best team by a mile. They, I don't, Arsenal, they had the, the, the shot on goal, which this, the, well, the own goal from Millie. But other than that, in the first half, I don't think Arsenal created that much. Um, and we created some very, very good chances. The, the Kristen Press chance, the, the LJ chance. We created some very good chances in the first half. Uh, I, and then in the second half, um, the game kind of slowed down, which I kind of said to you last week, I thought it would be. The first half would be fast and frantic. Mm-hmm. The second half was more controlled by by Arsenal. But mm-hmm. I know you, you, you're the stats guy, Keith, and uh, mm-hmm. but you look at the ball possession of it, I'm, I'm sure it'll favour the United had most of the possession in that game. Uh, and then the, the second goal was, for me, a, a sucker punch in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Arsenal... Deserved it, I would say. Uh, but there's no in the WSL, mm-hmm. there is no shame in really getting defeat by Arsenal. They are one of the more established, the better teams in the WSL. Uh, so overall, I'm upset because I think overall United were the better of the two teams, but Arsenal took their chances and you know the first goal was a mistake and uh, and then goal by a mill and then the second goal was in like I said a bit of a sucker punch. So in looking so let's dig further into the match a little a little bit here. Uh and yes, there are some statistical points that really really actually, you know, um really support your arguments, <laughs> your, you know, from a stats perspective. Um, but let's start with the lineup. Uh, so you know United went out with their typical four two three one. Yeah. Uh, you had predicted the uh, you had predicted the you know a lineup. I don't I don't recall off the top of my head, but I'm sure you do. But you had Mary at goal as we as expected. Martha Harris was a you know was at right back. Uh, Amy and Millie were the center back combo as expected. Uh, Ona was on the left on the left, uh, and then in the mi- middle Jackie Ronan and Katie Zellum, and then up. Uh, above them, Lucy Staniforth 
And then you had Ella on the wing and Lauren James on the left and Kristen up front. That was not, I don't think that was your predicted lineup. No, I I had uh, Martha Thurris Dottieri instead uh-huh. of Martha. I had Hayley Ladding instead of Katie Zellum. I had uh, uh, Kirsty Hansen on the right, Kristen Press on the left, and I had Jess up front. That was what I thought would be the strongest eleven. So when this came, when this lineup came out, what were yeah. what were your initial thoughts? Um, the Martha Harris one, mm-hmm. I can I can kind of understand her natural position is a fullback, and I know we, we mm-hmm. talked about it mm-hmm. uh, about Maria, um, but if you've got a, a fullback who's fit and can play, then yeah, it makes sense to play her. Um, the Haley Lad one. I think left most United fans scratching their heads. I mean, uh, I don't know whether she's got. I don't know whether she's got a slight niggly little injury that means she can't play a full ninety minutes. That I, I, I don't know. I can only presume that may be the reason, but I could be could be wrong. Um, and then the, the LJ starting kind of made sense when you know you've lost the likes of Tobin and Leah, the two tallies, talisman of the team, two people who are the talisman of the team. And then you've got LJ, who in her own right is, it kind of makes perfect sense. And when you looked at the game and you saw the kind of space Lauren had down the left, you can only imagine what Leah would have been able to do with that. Um, Mm-hmm. And then Lucy Staniforth, as we talked about last week, it kind of made sense. She played so well against Villa. It's very difficult, in, in my opinion, to drop someone who played that well. So mm-hmm. there was a few shocks in there. The Haley lad definitely, I think, caught most United fans out. But as I said, if she has a slight niggly little injury that, that prevents her from playing, it made sense. Uh, one of the things that was interesting, Mark, uh, in, in the in the lead up to the match, in terms of who play who started, was that um, I saw in one place that Casey had said that Lauren was fit. Then, when the day of the match, I think it was a statement uh, or something came out from United saying that she wasn't, and then the starting lineup came up and then she was. Did you mm. notice that? Um, I, I knew I knew they said she was fit. I didn't really. I didn't um, on Friday. It was just one of those days. It was a, it was a, right. I, had a, I had a mental day, so I didn't realize that had been said. Um, but I mean, the fact she only like, she got through to about sixty minutes. It kind of makes sense a bit now from from what you're saying. But I, I wasn't aware of that now. Yeah, I, I was like, uh, because I, of course, I, I spend way too much time on Twitter, y'all. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. So she's on one day, she was okay. And then today, not. And then she's in the lineup. Okay. I mean, I see that all the time. But it, it was like, I thought that was kind of interesting. So what happened in that first three minutes? Um, Arsenal... Arsenal attacked us, and the ball—the ball was a little bit like a pinball wizard, mm-hmm. it was like a little pinball machine, just dotted around everywhere. I think if you pull, if you 
if you really want to pull that goal to pieces, you will find holes in there that maybe this player should have been tighter to that player. But, you know, we've talked about it on, on, on this before. Mm-hmm. Just take a shot. Just take a shot. Mm-hmm. See what happens. And it might you might get lucky, you might not. It might go over the bar or it might go in off a player. And um, that's what happened. They got... I'm not going to say... I'm going to say they got lucky is my way of saying it. But they took a chance mm-hmm. and... You know, it was a Friday night, you know, I'm not going to say it was cold, but the players probably weren't, you know, they've had a good warm-up, but still it's, you know, it's just, you know, Mary might not be full, you know, full go, ready mm-hmm. to go and just take a shot. But I, it's, own goals are one of those things that you can look at and go, yeah, okay, you, you, let, you can let it go in part. And I think my impression was... I mean, at first, you know, when I when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, they attacked and they were like, OK, because we had talked before how in this match, the most important thing was whoever scores first. Yeah. And I think Arsenal's mindset was and, and I've been critical of their mindset. Uh, so I'm eating crow today uh, over their over their mentality. I think their mindset was attack early and try to get that first goal. Um, Because I thought that they had kind of taken a little bit of a page book out of the Chelsea match where Chelsea went after United from the get go. But that's Chelsea's style. Chelsea's style is to attack early to try to get a goal in the first three minutes. Arsenal did the same thing. And as you said, you know, take a shot on goal. I mean, I'm not even sure in looking back on it that that actually was meant to be a shot. It just happened to be directed towards the front of the goal and it was deflected off Millie's leg. Uh, and, but you take your chances, you take the, you know, you, you get the Absolutely. ball where it needs to go and maybe something happens. And that's what Arsenal was looking for. But I think, and I don't know about you, Mark, but I think right after that goal, that changed like the whole course of the match, even though it's like, you can go, meh, okay. It's an own goal, but you're down one nil. And it's kind of changed that mentality a little bit. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, when they scored and when, uh, um, I mean, it, 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 it happens in the men's game. It happens mm-hmm. in all, in every level of the game. When you someone scores early, you, you, you're not always upset in a way. Yes. You're upset. You've conceded. Mm-hmm. That's a given, but you're not as upset if you know if you've been playing for 45, 50 minutes and then they've scored it. When they score like in three in the first five minutes, you've still got 85 minutes plus extra every time to go. So actually, the game can can swing either way. The the game in itself after they scored changed. It became something of a more physical game. Those tackles flying in. Not just from United, but from Arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but after they scored, as I said previously, United attacked. Right. And United attacked down the left. And LJ mm-hmm. had the freedom of the left-hand side. Kristen, Kristen Press was making some, some very good runs. She was taking defenders out of position. And Arsenal also, in my opinion lost their best one of their best defenders in Leah Williamson before the game. Right. So the, the game itself it 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 changed in a way because sometimes and sometimes I think United needs 
you know, be it men's level particularly, United, if they concede a goal, it gets them playing. And I think maybe when this happened against on Friday night against Arsenal, I think the same kind of mentality kind of kicked in and went, what's happened there? Right. And they started playing and we had some really, really, really good periods of play in that first half. As I said, we had numerous chances. But Arsenal, as I, as I said, Arsenal in the United, it became a physical game. There were, there were lots of fouls that kind of broke the momentum. And, you know, the referee, and I don't usually say this, I thought the referee, in part, from what I could see on the TV, was in control of that game. I know there's people, and I'm aware of what Casey said, and, you know, I, I'm, you know the, referee, the referee's job is to protect the players. Obviously, we can on the TV. We can only see what's being shown. We can't see the, the whole the whole pitch. But in in whole, I thought the referee was all right. I mean, I, I very rarely say that about referees, <laughs> but um, I thought the referee controlled the game. But the first half, United dominated it. The stats will, if you look at the stats from the first half, United dominated that first half after the goal. I think that, yeah, there was a change in perspective uh, and, you know, United did jump out, even though they were, even though that there were a goal down, they did jump out and they did start attacking and because the middle, middle of the defense of Arsenal and the left in the middle became vulnerable, you know, without Leah Williamson, yes, there was a vulnerable point for them, but I think that didn't necessarily change the game plan that much. It just sort of changed wh- what direction United were going to pursue the attack in. And then, yes, Lauren James was very free to, to you know, be creative, to move, to do what she, what she could do. Yes, things got physical. And I think I, I wrote this down and I probably was not a good word to use, but I was like, this is, I'm not seeing and I wasn't sure it was the officiating or Arsenal themselves or both, but it seemed that Arsenal became to try to counter in a way United's attack, United's possession movement and so forth became more physical with United to try to trip, to literally trip them up uh, almost to try to kind of, to, to slow them down by becoming more physical because I rarely see Arsenal that physical with another team. But United Arsenal games, if you you know if you look past through the men's side, they're always a physical game. You look, you know, United men and Arsenal men, they've had dust ups in in the tunnel before the games even begun. You know, everyone's seen those very famous pictures of Roy Keane and, and, mm-hmm. and Patrick Vieira in the tunnel before a game. The, the game, the game, the the games are always going to be physical. Yes, there was a bit of roughhousiness. You know, even I can say from a United standpoint. Ella Toon at one point, she kind of pushed players away. But Arsenal were doing the same. Right. But sometimes, you know, that made the game a, spect- a bit more of a spectacle. It wasn't mm-hmm. the typical WSL game I think most people would expect to see. Tackles were flying in and there were yellow cards and there was obviously a red card. Um, but... It, it, like I said, I, I enjoyed watching that physicality part of the game because it's not something you tend to really see in the WSL on a whole. Yeah, I enjoyed the intensity. I, I mean, there was a level yeah. of intensity that I really enjoyed. I was like, okay. And that, and I think the thing that I, you know, again, I'm going to eat, I'm eating crow. I did not expect that level of intensity and mentality from Arsenal. I did not expect that. I probably should have, but 
I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it to that level, that intensity, that, that you know, we're going to get physical. We're going to, we're going to push, you know, if they want to dominate the ball and attack us, well, okay, fine. We're going to, we're going to let them do that, but we're going to be physical with them and disrupt. And that's essentially what they did. Um, but the thing of it is though, in the first half, yes, I agree that United dominated because you look at the XG statistics, you look at all the passing, you look at the numbers and the numbers all suggest that United dominated the first half of that match. Yeah. Don't what I said at halftime was this, the old bugaboo of United is this. Yes, they get chances, but did they convert them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a bugbear of most, you know, you look at that first half, the LJ chance where she skied it over the bar, the, the, the Kristen Press chance where she hit it in, at the goalkeeper instead of trying to bend it around the goalkeeper in the first half. Those were two chances that you would have expected players of, of that calibre to take. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the, as, you, as you rightly said, the intensity, the intensity was in the first half was fantastic. And we said at half time that the only thing that's going to probably go now is the intensity of that game because right. both teams had put in such an enormous amount of energy into the first half that it was bound to happen that the second half would be slow mm-hmm. and tedious. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went that way. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the actual shots, so in the fifth minute, you know, the Kristen Press had a shot, it was saved. Uh, the next shot was was Vivian Minima off target. Kristen Press, ninth minute, blocked. Uh, you know, then Beth, Beth Mead had a shot off target. Lauren James, shot off target. Ella Toon, shot off target. Kristen yeah. Press, shot off target. Then Millie Turner had a shot that was actually saved. Uh, and then Joe Roard had a shot saved at, at the end of the half. So you had all of these off target shots. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, yeah, take your shot. Um, and they did, uh, they did take their shot, but it, but it didn't, didn't even come close to target, uh, or not close. It, it was off target. Uh, but you know, like the shot from Laura James, you talked about that was from 17 feet. Ella tunes was 17 feet. Kristen tried on a right foot with 28 feet. I mean, I mean, these were fairly decent opportunities. It just did not hit the target. Yeah. And, and this also- is something that's been a, a theme. Yeah, and Arsenal were putting their bodies on the line. They were diving. They were blocking. Yep. They were they were they were doing everything they can to stop to stop us scoring. And you know, I, I can honestly say, I think when you look at, at our defense, we were doing probably the same. We were we were putting our we were putting bodies on the line. It was an, mm-hmm. you know, I said it last week. It was it was a massive game, and it is it was a massive game. It was probably the biggest game in United women's history. Mm-hmm. But as I said at the beginning, there's no shame in losing to Arsenal. No. There isn't. Mm -mm. Arsenal are an established women's side. They are established. They've been champions. They're they're there for a reason. United are where we are for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm not one of those people that want to stand there and sit there and go, this was wrong, that was wrong. You know, we've got five games left. Five Massive games, as Casey said. Anything can happen in those five games. Mm-hmm. Arsenal have got five games, five games left. left. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. For me, and I, I kind of said it on Friday night, 
whatever happened in this game happened. But Casey also alluded to the same point that I made to, to, to people we were watching it with. This game made no difference. It was the Reading game that we lost that was the game. Mm. And if we're going to look at the point in the season, and I'm not going to make excuses, if we don't get third, you can look at that game and go, that's the game. That game there was probably the one. And Casey kind of said partly the same. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, you know, uh, in Casey's reactions to the match, you know, I, she genuinely, I, I, I saw someone who was quite upset with yeah. the match overall and how mm-hmm. things played out. Though I think I did think that she was fairly even in in the sense of of her, of her statements in the sense of yes there was criticisms of the officiating but there was also taking responsibility for what happened from you know the team side she didn't necessarily I don't think she blamed the officiating on how the result was um you know she talked about how like at the the 51th minute the the goal uh that was the header um by Woman Moy you know that was a set piece which had been an issue Going back yeah. to Reading, you know, you know that was an issue with that match um, as well. She said, this, "We got to fix this," um, and so forth. Um, and it was like, you know, it seemed like, you know, overall, my impression was as well as United played their old weaknesses. Not, and I say old came to pass, yeah. not converting, and also giving up a goal on a set piece. Yeah, and, and I was like, you know, why was why did it seem like the only person's head that I saw was the Arsenal player getting the getting the header you know I you know um and the and I know that uh you know in Katie Zellin's interview also she said the same thing so we gotta work on this we gotta fix this uh this has got to be fixed but there are games to go yeah there are games to go and and I've said it previously Casey prides herself on clean sheets Mm -hmm. she prides herself on defense she's a defender herself right she will be annoyed about the way that second goal was conceded. There's, there's no question about that for me. I should be annoyed. The, her comments after the game, I thought what she said about the team was fair and she's never going to sell a team out. And mm-hmm. I applaud her for that. The team played... Um, you, you, know, you know, you can't say you, they played well and lost. They played, they played well. They deserved more out of that game than they got. Mm-hmm. The officiating, I mean, obviously I can't comment on the LJ stuff because, as I said, we can only see what's shown on TV. Right. But for the parts of the referee that we did see, I thought the referee was all right. Mm-hmm. She, she, she tried to let the game flow, and when she saw a foul, she, she blew for the foul. She booked, you know, the players that deserved the bookings, and she sent off, you know, she sent off Beth Mead. But, yeah, all the cards were to Arsenal players. Yeah, but in saying that, if you the, the first yellow card of Beth Mead, and I'm, um, you know, don't want to hear, but I don't think the first yellow card for Beth the yellow card. I think it's a foul. Yeah. Yes. But it's not. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not a yellow. For me, it's not a yellow card. The second one, yeah, it's a yellow. Yeah. Right. But right. the first one I thought was harsh, and I still do, but. But Beth Mead should have been more careful knowing that she was on a yellow to get that reckless. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's on her. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was really on is her, on her. You know, the, the referee, she made she made her, her mark on the game. And mm-hmm. in, in many ways, it was she made it really well. 
well, a couple of things, you know, you know, ex, you know, uh, because Casey does pride herself on clean sheets. And part of that is the defense and holding the, holding the opponents to limited chances uh, and so forth. Arsenal's XG for the match was 0.4, but they convert, they got two goals uh, yeah. and, you know, and, and not necessarily, um, you know, not necessarily by clinic, their own clinical finishing. You had the shot that really wasn't a shot uh, that ended up in the net. Uh, and then you had the header and that's it because in reality, you know, um, from, you know, there were three shots on target for both sides, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. and so forth. Um, my player of the match, we have not talked about her, but we probably should. My player of the match is Ona. Yeah, completely. Um, I was so impressed with her about what she did. She was the best defender on the whole pitch, to, in my opinion. Um, and I was looking at her numbers um, as well. 97 touches, 36 pressures, nine tackles, two interceptions, four blocks, um, successful pressures. She had 16 16 pre- successful pressures that's when you pressure your opponent and and that Paul is dispossessed I mean that that and by far that led the led the team uh, and it was all over the pitch all over the pitch she was you know pressing people tackling and so forth you know 11 tackles plus interceptions I mean her defensive numbers were stellar uh, I cannot say anything you know um I mean, from a 21, 21-year-old left back, um, yeah, the, it was just the, a wonder to watch, in my yeah, opinion. The, the only thing I will say about Honor is, for me, she's getting better every single game. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really scary thought because she's good now. And mm-hmm. she, as you said, she's 21. Right. Let her grow up a little, let her age a little bit. And, was, you know, I for me... You know, United hat on. I think she's the best left back in the in the WSL by far. Um, and I think you know most people might say she's the best player in the WSL right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, that's other people's opinion. Uh, for me, Honor has been our best. With Jackie, I thought Jackie was our best player mm-hmm. uh, September to December, mm-hmm. and I think with the results, it's kind of dropped off a bit. But Honor has been in there constantly throughout. And I I think when United give out their awards at the end of the season for the player of the year, if it's not Honor, I don't know who it can I don't know who I don't know who because I think Honor has been brilliant from day one at the club. Yeah. I yeah, I was just I mean she, you know, she was a wonder on the field and and really uh, just all over the place in a good way. Uh and the, by far strong uh, probably one of the, the strongest defensive players on the pitch, well actually the strongest defensive player on the pitch on Friday. Um one of the things Mark that shocked me before we started recording is that there was a Casey out crowd. Tell us more about that. So on Friday night after the game, I've, we were scrolling through Twitter, as we do, just to see mm-hmm. the fallout. And there mm-hmm. was certain fans, I'll, I'll use mm-hmm. that word, who were saying, Casey out now, she can't win these games. And, you know, it's, it's I, I, you know, we've had it with the men's side, with the Ollie out. It, you know, just, we, you know, clubs will win games, they will lose games. But, it, you, you know, it, what annoys me about it is the fact that Casey said in her post-match interview 
that we are a year ahead of where she expects us to be. A year ahead. Right. Now, if we don't get Champions League football this season, will it be a failure? To some United fans, yeah, it, it probably will be. But when you consider where this what, what's happened in the last two and a half years, the club was reformed, the, the women's team was formed, we won the championship, we started in the WSL, and the season got curtailed due mm-hmm. to COVID. And then that's, the season was cancelled, so we finished fourth, but, mm-hmm. you know, loads of points behind third. And then the season's restarted in, you know, level zero games. And we've not only, we've jumped, uh, you know, we've jumped into the top three. Now, most, as I said, most United fans are saying, well, if we lost to Arsenal, that's it. The top three is done. But it's football. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Arsenal could go and lose their next two games on the round, on the bounce. So could United. Let's let's be honest. But the Arsenal game doesn't wasn't the game to guarantee us third or or to qualify for the Champions League. That happens at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Was I confident we would get Champions League this season? You know, I said at the very beginning of the season to people, if we can finish fourth but closer to third, mm-hmm. that's a great season. That's, so progress. that's great. progress, right? Mm-hmm. If we finish third, I mean, oh boy, well, that's that's amazing, right? But mm-hmm. people are seeing that whether we're not playing players in their best positions or we're not mm-hmm. playing the right players because everyone is a Everyone is a pundit. Everyone has the right to their opinion to say, I would have chosen this side, I would have done mm-hmm. that, I would have done this. But Casey makes that decision. She right. sees these players day in, day out in training. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you whether Haley Ladd's got an injury or not. I can presume. I might be right, I might be wrong. But mm-hmm. people think we've, you know, we've, we've played the completely wrong team and on that basis. Casey should be out. You're the stats guy, Keith. I will, you know, but I looked at this one myself. Casey's got a win percentage rate of 67%, nearly 68% yep. over all of her games. You're right. That's, <laughs> you know, that's a massive, that's 70% almost of games she's won. I mean, mm-hmm. most Premier League managers don't have that in their history of the club. Not yeah, even close. Not even close. All right, we're, it's, you know, the championship season is included in that where we kind of, walked over a lot of teams but still it's one game we've lost mm-hmm. it's one and it's a massive game but it, it didn't deserve the amount of people saying Casey out and when I say the amount there was a it was a few it wasn't like loads it wasn't like hundreds it was you know 50, 25 maybe yeah I I think that the, I think that the Casey out crowd if there is even such a thing uh, or the in the alley out crowd for Slovishire on the men's side. I think a lot of those people are people that are not really United fans who, and if they are United fans, they're not objective, um, you know, really looking at the big picture. But I think it is a lot of it is just really to wind people up um, yeah. and, and so forth. And not really looking at, you know, not looking, you know, it's that old saying about the forest or the trees, <laughs> you know, of, of really? the situation. But see, the thing that is in looking at the, the future and in looking at the next five matches, because Arsenal has five matches left and Manchester United has five matches left. Guess who the interesting spoiler team then becomes? The interesting spoiler team that comes is Everton. Arsenal has to play Everton 
the game before United plays Everton at the yeah. last match of the season. So, as, and we know about Everton. Hmm. Everton yeah. can bite somebody. They almost bit and knocked off City and and almost, you know, ended their title chase. Um, and it was, it was uh, you know, a, a moment of brilliance in the 81st minute that they were able to get something done. Um, hold on. Um, so with that being said, I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, there are definitely all five games are definitely winnable, yeah. but each team has that tough match against Everton. And I still, I mean, Everton, if Everton gets to play the role of spoiler, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's anything can happen. It's not, it's not done yet. There's still the game in hand issue. Um, all of those types of things, you yeah. know, and right now as it stands, you know, right now as it stands, United is in third. Yeah, as it stands right now today. Now, mm-hmm. the next match, let's talk about really briefly that before we go. Next match for United then is West Ham. Yep. Uh, West Ham is in a relegation battle. Yeah. Uh, they are at the bottom of the table. Um, and um, and they are looking, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, it, I, I don't like you know, I don't like it when clubs are fighting teams who are going against teams who are in a relegation battle. Um, I'd rather fight a you know, mid-table team, but West Ham have a lot to play for um, as they're fighting and out with Bristol City and Tottenham and, and Birmingham for, you know, relegation uh, or try to stay away from it. What's your thoughts about West Ham? It's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. There's no kidding that. It'll be a tough game. As you said, West Ham are fighting relegation. Mm-hmm. But... It's at Old Trafford, and if that if anything can happen, if anything, you, you know, I've said it before. There's going to be no crowding, so Old Trafford's going to be empty. It's going to be a bit eerie for the players, and it's a you know, it's a big pitch, Old Trafford. But absolutely, for a lot, for a lot of these, for a lot of the United team, they're most you know, Katie Zellum is a Manchester United fan. Mm-hmm. She would have been to Old Trafford, yep. but to play at Old Trafford is different to be going. And the same mm-hmm. with Ella Toon and, and and all the team that came through the, the RTC. Mm-hmm. It's a massive game, but it's Old Trafford, and I think if if that will give them a a bit of a boost, yet the fans can't be there, um, and West Ham are fighting for their lives. If if we don't win. It's a, it's a catastrophe, mm-hmm. I think most people would say. Yeah, we can only, but what all we can do is go out and win the games in front of us. And West Ham are down in the bottom of the league for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not. There's, there's a reason they're there. Mm-hmm. So all we can do is go out and do what we do every game and play to the best we can. Mm-hmm. And I expect the bounce back. I expect. United to come back with the same level of intensity that they play in every match. Um, I think they will also feel like there's something to prove. Yeah, I, um, I do think I of, do think there'll be there'll be changes made to the starting lineup. I, yeah. I am expecting changes. In what way? Probably players from Friday night. That uh, probably someone like Maria. I think Maria mm-hmm. starts on, on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday. Sorry, I think Kirsty Smith starts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there'll be changes. And I think Kate kind of alluded to that herself. She said there, there might well be changes on Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
I would expect that too. Yeah. I, would, I would expect that as well. All right. Thank you, Mark, so much. Excellent insight. Um, you know, also we touched on a whole bunch of subjects <laughs> um, yeah. and so forth. And um, the last thing I did want to mention is that, and we'll talk about it in other shows, but the other thing I want to mention is that there was announced the, the new TV deal uh, yeah. for the uh, FAWSL. Yeah. Um, tell, can you tell us a little bit more about that? How big of a deal is it? So for me personally, it's massive. It is uh, it is one of the best announcements. I think it's the best announcement that's been coming out of the this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the t- there's a new TV deal that starts from the beginning of next season. Um, it's over three years, I think it is, um, and it's for Sky Sports and the BBC to show games on. Mm-hmm. on their platforms. Um, Sky will bring with it a level of professionalism that mm-hmm. that they have. But more importantly, the, the, there's guaranteed money to the WSL teams and also the teams in the lower and the lower leagues. Um, mm-hmm. So you're looking at roughly um, seven million pounds over the three years each mm-hmm. and 75% of that will probably go to WSL sides and the remaining 25% will go to the um, championship sides. And the fact that there is a TV media rights deal um, is the big deal to me. Uh, yeah. That's more resources, more eyes, professionalized. I spoke, yeah. um, I, I Rob from the CFCW social spoke yesterday about the poor commentating of the Chelsea match against Everton, where they were literally mixing up who was in goal uh, yeah. between the sides. Uh, and that was clearly unacceptable and totally well, unprofessional. Well, if, you, yeah, if, <laughs> you know. you go back, if you go back and look at the, the, the game from Friday, mm-hmm. you would see that Lotteropvis was named in on the subs bench. Mm-hmm. There is... There is a clear there, there is a clear level of, of of something there. Sky Sky Sports with their production values and everything that they will bring, they will only enhance the game. And if you look on Twitter mm-hmm. this morning, the amount of people that have said this is massive for the women's game, that Sky are involved. Right. It is mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen what Sky have done for the Premier League. Yes. If they can do half of that for the WSL. The WSL is going to skyrocket. Yes, and it's been people. my it, it was it has been my position and my argument is it was the Sky Sports deal that the Premier League did that put that became yeah the predominant thing that led the Premier League to be the best league in the world. Yeah, it was completely. that TV deal that set up everything in motion that yeah. al- uh, basically allowed for a lot of media coverage, a lot of resources and so forth, but also made these clubs, I guess the best word to say was, is like when outside investors started looking at, started looking at Premier League clubs as places to invest money into, because there was the huge TV sports deal. If there was no TV sports deal, no one would have looked at these teams as investment strategies. So then you had, a basically a domino effect of in, of massive amounts of investment yeah. went into a lot of Premier League clubs, not just the big ones, not just your City and your Chelsea and your Manchester United and so forth. It was you know even the middle clubs. It was like Wolver you know Wolverhampton and 
um, you know, Fulham and, and other clubs, if that TV deal didn't exist, the league would not be where it is today. The same thing could very well happen yeah. on the WSL side because of this deal. Um, and I, that's why it's important. I want to, the, the, the tweet that I found my favorite this morning was from Emma Coolen, and I retweeted it and her, she said, quote, why media coverage for women's football matters? Question mark. More media coverage leads to more people interested, more people interested, leading to more ticket sales and sponsors, which equals more money, which then means players get better and then more people get interested and so on. Yeah. Increased media coverage can jumpstart a permanent upward spiral. I think I totally agree. Yeah, completely. And and one of the points that when Sky took over the Premier League deal back in 91, 92 or 92, 93, it was 92, 93, it would be. You look at the, you know, because clubs had a guaranteed amount of money that they were getting from the TV deal, they could bring in, and as Emma said, you could bring in better players. The only thing that's going to happen now is, is that United, City, Chelsea, Everton, all these teams, they can go and bring in better players because there is a genuine... Um, there's the sky. They, the, the everything that they can bring, they can help bring in the better players. You look at the very beginning of the Premier League. Tottenham, they brought in Jurgen Klinsmann. They brought yes. in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, uh, Brian Roy went to Nottingham Forest. Some world class players with with the help of the TV deal. I can only see that happening in the in the women's game because more women's players will see. Hang on, there's like 48 games have been shown. Mm-hmm. on this platform mm-hmm. plus everything else being shown you know plus however many on BBC and then everything else being shown on the FA player it's now going to get worldwide um notoriety I, I completely agree because then what happens is these is the WSL sides will have the resources and the coverage mm-hmm. and everything else to pull players that would have normally gone to France or to yes. Spain uh, or to Germany which where there is, you have the power teams in those countries uh, that are that you know have Leon who's dominated the the Champions League for you know the last decade. Um, instead of going to those clubs, they will come to the WSL because yeah. they might there will be more resources in place, better facilities in place, better coaching in place, more coverage in place, more eyeballs pulling more players from the United States, from South America. And yes. so forth, which has already started. This just jumpstarts it. Absolutely, and it's part of. There's many people out there who would say, if not for COVID, this would never have happened. Well, what you can say, you know, in mm-hmm. the sense of United might not have got Tobin and Kristen if it wasn't for for COVID. Okay, there, there's okay. I can see that argument. So, but now with this TV deal you could completely see the likes of Tobin and Kristen staying and Alex Morgan yes. mm-hmm. because it's, it's huge. It's, it puts the women's game onto a, a, a start of, of a journey that hopefully it will get as big as the Premier League, hopefully, but small steps. But this TV deal is the first of many, many steps that will help get the game to a bigger level. 
And I think that's a good point talking about the American players coming over because it's, this is this podcast is an American, mostly American audience. Y'all, the NWSL does have a TV deal. However, the numbers involved in that TV deal are nowhere close, mm-hmm. nowhere close and not the same platform. When you, when you have to watch NWSL matches on Yahoo, that, that, that's not Sky Sports. Yeah. It, it, it's just not. Um, yes, there's a TV deal, but it doesn't put in the same number of resources in place. Yeah. It doesn't. The, the media rights deal is not even close to what the numbers and, and, and depth that you're talking about here uh, with Sky Sports. So it's, it's a whole different thing. So there's a very valid point of, you know, and, and WSL players like, mm, well, you know, there's more eyes and more money over in England. Yeah. Let's follow the, the golden road. But, you know, not only what are Sky Sports doing, you know, Sky mm-hmm. Sports will have it on their paid platforms. So, you know, I've got no issue with that. I, I subscribe mm-hmm. to Sky Sports. I'm, I'm right. OK, well, nothing changes for me. But the fact that the BBC are putting it on their two main channels. True. Yep. Which is going to be free to air for everyone in the UK. Mm-hmm. Is, yep. is ma- you know, it, 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 I can't, it, it just takes the game to the next level. Right. You know, currently here, on you know we've got either on BT Sport or we have it on the BBC Red Button which is online or it's on the FA Player for for games now to be shown free to air on the BBC when this deal takes when starts is massive. It will bring in as Emma said new vis- new spectators and who, who will, they might watch a couple of games again. Do you know what I really enjoy that? Let's go to watch one live, and that's the start of it. And it's you know it, if it can start with with that to help fill up the stadiums, it, it, it only shows that this TV deal is, is working. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, and the fact that this starts at the start of next season, yeah. um, you know, is, is big because it also potentially corresponds to possibly fans being back at this, back on the, on the grounds. Oh yeah. Cross, yeah. Cross those fingers. Right. Uh, you know, so that's pot, that's also a possibility all happening at the same time. So, so just good things ahead, Mark, I've taken up a, enough of your time, but thank you so much, uh, so much uh, information uh, and so forth. Mark, thank you very much. Thanks Keith. All right. Thank, and this will be it for this part for Monday, big Monday always, because later today we will have Emma come from the Man City Women fan cast to talk about Bristol City. Uh, we'll talk about Man City against Bristol City and talk about their upcoming Champions League match against Barcelona, away match in Italy. Okay, all right. We'll talk more about that, um, you know, coming up. And, and I have my thoughts to say about how good Barcelona is. And they're a great team, but let's hold our horses there uh, for that. So look forward to that tomorrow. We will have Josh will come back and talk about the Arsenal side. We talked about a Manchester United side. I'm sure he has a lot to say about Arsenal um, and so forth. He's the Arsenal uh, contributor and he will be on tomorrow uh, and uh, for the Arsenal weekly feature. So we will close out for now. Remember everyone that the light is out there. Please acknowledge the light. Let the light become part of you and acknowledge it and let it warm you and become part of you always, but also recognize, and as we know, unfortunately here in the ATL that the darkness is out there, we do have to acknowledge it, but do not ever let it hug you under any circumstance. But if it does, please take care of yourself, get help, get support, also help one another and take care of yourself, take care of each other. And England is burning is out for now. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching, hit the like button, subscribe, 
and share with your friends. Take care, you take care, y'all.